How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Nikki Drees. And I'm Cheryl Hall. And this is Killers, Cults and Queens. The podcast where we're going to learn all about the spookiest, scariest and damn right weirdest corners of the world. In this episode, we're dusting off our ceremonial robes and peeking into the creepy and disturbing sex cult Nexium. Get your puzzle because we're going down the river. Crikey. I can uh, smell the sweaty shell suits from here, I think. Karma comes back around. You're all going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? Are you ready? Do you know what? For the first time, I'm really ready. Welcome to Killers, Colts and Queens, the show where we take you on a journey into the darkest corners of the world. Today we're getting culty, as we like to do, and looking into the multi-level marketing scheme mixed with a sex cult, Nexium. Now it's spelt N-X-I-V-M, but it's pronounced Nexium. Can I have a vowel, please? <laughs> yeah, the thing you're going to need all the vowels you can get today. But before we dive in, how have you been? Nikki, I'm on a bit of a health kick at the moment. Yeah. 
I am really, really enjoying, as as painful, as torturous as they are, I've really been enjoying doing ginger shots. Well, we have a bit of a little secret ritual here, don't we? Yeah. Which is our own culty ceremonial thing. <laughs> we raise the Marks and Spencers ginger immune shot to the air. We scream, kill us cults and queens. We neck it and then we record. And then we, after we neck it, we always go, <laughs> We always go, Bowicked. But it is. But do you know what? I, I'm really, really trying to look after myself because obviously I'm out, I'm traveling, I'm doing lots of shows. You're a busy girl. I'm busy girl doing busy things. And I've just really got to start looking after myself. Yeah. And stop going to Pizza Hut because. She's chunky and funky in a moment. But you know what? I I was really like apprehensive when I first started doing ginger shots. And so now part of me kind of enjoys it. Yeah, I quite like a little bit of the, the pain that goes with it. It feels like it's kind of healthy, but doing something, if you know what I mean. No, no, no. Come on. <laughs> I had a, uh, a juice recently when I was on holiday and it was... Orange and ginger. I asked for extra ginger in it, but they didn't like grind up the ginger properly, so it was all stringy. So I took a mouthful of it, and it was like literally swallowing hair. It was awful. See, I'm I'm a smooth girl through and through. Yeah, I love I love no bits, no nothing, no pulp. So that's why I can't have some smoothies because it's just like so fresh, but it's like but it's got lumps in it. Mm. No, thank you. Mm. I don't want it to be like cold soup. I don't understand people that, that eat like gazpacho and stuff, that cold soup. No. Have you ever come across Hot that Hot soup, yes. Yes. I love a minestrone with bits in. A minestrone, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but anything that's got like a mushy texture or a lumpy texture like bananas or porridge, I can't, can't do it. But no, ginger. Oh, ginger shots. I like it. It's good. Ginger in drink? Yes. Ginger in food? No. No. No, thank you. Too hairy. <laughs> my uh, my yaki soba order at uh, Wagamama's is always no pickled ginger. Oh, see, I quite like the pickled ginger. Really? Yeah, because it's thinly sliced and it's like, it's soft, isn't it? Mm, I've got to take a rain check on that one. Mm, no, I quite like it. More for me. So, Nikki, have you ever joined a sex cult? Uh, <laughs> not yet, no. <laughs> Maybe there's time. You know, like, we're young. <laughs> well, no, uh, the, the only reason... I, I say this, and I apologise to if any family members are listening to this podcast. Switch off now. Um, fast forward two minutes. Um, but I do enjoy sex a lot. Good. And I I genuinely, I know this sounds terrible, but like, I don't know, if there was like a party we could go to and <laughs> just have some fun, I'd be down for that. Are we calling HR again? <laughs> Why this keeps I... happening, Cheryl. Keeps happening. <laughs> what have I done? What have I done? HR on speed dial. <laughs> oh, because I said we. Yeah. I meant me, me and my husband. <laughs> Sorry. Unless you want to come, Nikki. The well, office there. Yeah. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like it's one of those one of those things in life that I think is something that people do mutually enjoy. Um, unless you're asexual. Yeah, I which, think so. Which is something that I thought I was at some point. I think everybody goes through stages like that where yeah. you just can't be asked. Oh, I can always be asked. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not the correct terminology there. <laughs> if you're part the pun. Um, but yeah, when we when we you said that we're 
diving into a cult, a sex cult, I was like, I'm not sure if I should be intrigued or not. I think you should be intrigued because this one is very up and down, which also sounds dodgy. Stop it. (laughs) The innuendos will just keep coming. Hey. She's on fire. She's on fire. Um, But no, okay. I'm always scared doing the podcast sometimes because I'm scared that people are going to take my interest in inquisitiveness into these topics as promotion for these killers, cults, and us being queens. Yeah. But it's not. I'm just... No, you're interested and you're curious and you want to find out about things. And I think that's perfectly fine. Call me Curious George today. Okay, so this story is insane and truly awful and one of the slickest and manipulative cults I think we've encountered thus far. Are you ready to explore it? Hey, I've got the shovel. I'm ready to dig, dive deep into this. Well, prepare yourself because this one is quite literally a power trip. Before we get into it, though, please be aware that this one does come with a content warning as there are mentions of sexual assault, slaves, branding, grooming and assault of minors. And also, as if it couldn't get any worse, I'd like to give a trigger warning for anyone living with or in recovery from an eating disorder. If any of that is not what you want to hear right now, then we suggest checking out some of our less heavy episodes like Roanoke or Area 51. Okay, so let's set the scene, shall we? It's 2015, and in a house in America, a group of women are getting ready to carry out a ritual. This ceremony, they think, is going to affirm their commitment to a community they've been slowly climbing the ranks of for years. The community they were part of celebrated what it meant to be human. It pushed your self-imposed boundaries and lifted your so-called veil so you could live more freely and authentically. And most importantly, the people involved believed it would open your eyes to just how beautiful the world could be. But this was no ordinary religious indoctrination. The women were instructed to put on blindfolds, then driven to an unknown home. Once inside, they were told to remove all their clothes, except their blindfolds. The now naked participants were led into a room and asked to sit in a circle on a sheepskin rug on the floor, all facing each other. They'd been told that the ritual they were about to participate in was to mark them with a small coin-sized tattoo, which contained Latin symbols. Once this mark was on their body, it would show their commitment to pushing their boundaries and represent their dedication to not only the community, but also themselves and their own personal journey. However, they've not been told the whole truth by those in charge, and things are about to get very real as they begin to smell something odd burning flesh what the lie begins to unfold they're not about to be tattooed instead they're going to be permanently branded with the initials of a man they will never forget but who was this man and how did a booming multi-million dollar personal development community descend into this let's find out oh wow it was me thinking this was just going to be orgies and fun no, 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 no. Mm. I get a bit icky whenever we mention burning flesh. It always just, that is that is the first thing that sends me right over the edge. And not even just over the edge, like over the edge and a mile away. 
like it just doesn't sit well with me. It's a very visceral kind of um, like uh, if you're thinking of burning flesh, it's like you know kind of what the smell would be. Yeah. And I think it's very ugh, isn't it? Like it, it makes me feel quite tense and quite ugh, not ugh. <laughs> I don't like it. But already this ritual sounds like it's like, I've just said like a lot there. But already this ritual sounds as if it is cattle being branded with a poker. Yeah. And being marked permanently as somebody's property. Yeah, this is a cult through and through. Yep. Well, we're going to get right into it because there's plenty more where that came from. To understand Nexium properly, we're going to need to go back to the very beginning to look at the brain behind the behemoth, Keith Raniere. Keith Raniere was born on August 26, 1960, in New York, to parents James Raniere, a New York City advertising executive with bags of charisma, and Vera Ashibko, a ballroom dancing instructor, a troubled woman who allegedly had problems with alcohol. Young Keith had a nice upbringing, one where he didn't really want for anything, and one where he was told he was special almost every single day of his life. His father James was said to heap praise on his son, telling him how gifted and intelligent he was and how Keith was unlike anyone else. Now, this might just seem like doting father behaviour, but all this overhyping did nothing to help his son, and by the time he was a preteen, Keith started acting up. Of course, repeatedly telling a growing child that they're better than everyone else only led to Keith having a superiority complex and his parents believing him to be a child prodigy. Shock. However, I won't do him a disservice here, as it turns out he was a pretty clever boy. He read Isaac Asimov's Second Foundation, an adult sci-fi novel which contains complex theories about mind control and also some other things as well. I've not personally read it myself. When he was just 12 years old. That's not to say that he understood reading any of it, though. Because you could say that you've read a book. Yeah. And you might not have understood it all. Do you know what? I'm going to stick to the Dilly Court novels. Yeah, I think that's probably a good yeah. idea. So it wasn't just Keith's parents that thought he was Mr. Fantastic. He seemed to also have the girls at school wrapped around his little finger too. Mm-hmm. According to a former partner, Barbara Boucher, when Keith was 13 years old, and I quote, dozens of young girls were calling the house and Ranieri's mother was overhearing his conversations with them where he was telling every single girl the same thing. I love you. You're the special one. You're important. You are the only one in my life and I love you. And she says he's saying this to all these girls. He's clearly lying because all of them are not special. End quote. Wow. Barbara's a bit harsh there, I feel. (laughs) I mean, a broken heart will say a lot. Yeah, but I think she's saying that those girls aren't special, (laughs) which which is a bit harsh. (laughs) Very, very harsh. Very harsh. So with the young self-styled Don Juan progressing through high school, he graduated a couple of weeks before he was 18. He receives pretty good grades, but as you can probably guess, he could have done better if he'd applied himself a bit more. But this is what happens when you repeatedly tell someone how wonderful they are as they won't try. Yeah, he won't put the effort in if he knows he's going to get the results. So then when the results don't come, they're all confused. Yeah, because he thinks he's great, so he doesn't have to bother putting any effort in. 
Also, he's busy on the phone every night calling 30 girls. <laughs> but now it's time for university and Keith ends up at the Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, a private research university in New York. And guess what? Here he brags to anyone that would listen about the very high-level maths and science classes he was taking. But of course, he doesn't apply himself and ended up leaving with a 2.26 GPA. The highest grade is 4. Failing or barely passing any of those very, very difficult classes. Now, Keith was not deterred by this. He still thought of himself as God's gift to humanity, and unfortunately, to young girls. Oh, no. And this is where Keith first starts testing out how he can abuse his power. In 1984, Keith was in a theatre group for young people in New York. Here he met 15-year-old Gina Melita. He pursued her despite her being so young and coerced her into a relationship. But I'm loath to say relationship because at 15 you can't legally, or mentally for that matter, consent to that. No, not at all. However, and perhaps luckily for Gina Melita... Keith soon grew bored and moved on to grooming her friend Gina Hutchinson, who was also just 15 years old. Again, too young to consent. I don't like him. I really don't like him. And we're only a short way into into the episode so far. He's just finished uni. <laughs> yeah, and he's already on it. Just vile, disgusting. It's just He's been told that he's fabulous, though, so he thinks that his shit doesn't stink. That's the thing. Everybody's shit stinks. Exactly. Yeah. That's facts are facts. Yeah. You, you can throw some fucking glitter on it. Put still some a shit. <laughs> but it's not, it's not happening, is it? Hey, aftershave lingers for only some time. <laughs> when he was found out by Gina Hutchinson's older sister, Heidi, his defence, oh God, this is awful, was that her soul was actually older than her body. And she was, and I quote, a Buddhist goddess meant to be with him. Excuse me? Right, I'm going to level with you. Yep. I have always thought myself as older than I was, so I understand where she's coming from. Yep. Uh, I've always had a very switched on mindset. Yep. So I think because I've always surrounded myself with older people that have given me the tools and the information in life that can help me mature and see things as as they are. Yeah. But this girl sounds like she is being manipulated into saying I'm I'm a gorgeous older woman. Um I am 43 even though I'm 15. It's like no darling, you are 15 and you're being manipulated mentally and physically. Yeah, can you imagine if you're 15, you're a teenager and somebody is telling you how you're this amazing goddess and, you know, bit bit of an older man, you know, quite exciting. And so I can see that she's like completely falling for all of this crap from him. But yeah, just a little tip. If anybody tells you that you're older than your years and you're not old enough to consent. Tell a parent or guardian. They're grooming you. (laughs) Please, I beg you. Please, tell a parent or guardian. A school teacher, your head teacher. Anybody, a friend. (laughs) Please, because it's not right. right. It's not right at all. And it's not okay. No. Thank you, Whitney Houston. Gina, love-bombed, is then convinced to drop out of school to be with Keith. Not content with just convincing 15-year-old girls that he's the smartest and most intelligent man on the planet, Keith joins the Mega Society... In the mid-80s, which is such an 80s name for something. 
the Mega Society. Oh, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm going to the Mega Society. <laughs> it sounds fun, but obviously it's definitely not. I can uh, smell the sweaty shell suits from here, I think. (laughs) The Mega Society is a society for people with very high IQs, only open to people who have scored at the one in a million level on a test of general intelligence. It's claimed to be able to uncover genius. Right. Now, even though the Mega Society's tests have been widely criticised as not really being up to scratch, Keith's ranking in the society made it to the press. He was featured in the Times Union in 1988, and in 1989, he was featured as one of the highest scoring members of Mega in the Guinness Book of World Records. He was, to many, one of the smartest people in the world. How's that happen if he can can barely pass an exam at university? Yeah, well, he's just chatting shit. I think that's what it is. He's just decided he's going to be the smartest person and he's just manipulated his way through it, I think. But in the Guinness Book of World Records? Yeah. Crikey. Mm. How much did he have to pay to get in that? Well, that's the thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Now, throughout the 1980s, Keith wasn't just swanning around talking about how smart he was. Oh, no. He was also involved in the very shady multi-level marketing company, Amway. He became fascinated with the kind of power you can get from being at the very top of an MLM and threw himself in face first, learning as much as he could. What's an MLM? Well, I'm just about to explain it to you. Okay, well, I'll (laughs) shut up. (laughs) Quick note here on MLMs, if you've never been DM'd by a girl you used to go to school with about selling essential oils, diet drinks or knockoff perfumes. Charcoal toothpaste. Exactly. You know it all too well. (laughs) An MLM, a multi-level marketing company, is a business that involves selling products to your family and friends and then recruiting other people, usually family and friends, to do the same. The more people you recruit, the more money you make because you get to keep a cut of their profit. Oh, and you also get to keep a cut of the profit of the people your recruits recruit. So it works in a pyramid. The pyramid grows outward and onward until the people at the very bottom are desperate to move the product, whilst you can pretty much do nothing and live off the sales of everyone beneath you. It's crappy and also, luckily, very illegal, but usually framed as an easy way to make money from home or a casual side hustle. But if you have to buy product or put money up front, it's an MLM. Just as a side note, there are also websites where you can check if a business is an MLM, just in case anyone tells you you can make millions selling candles. Check it in the description below, everybody. (laughs) Um, Right. I've had many, many a message. Hey, babe. Oh, my God. You're doing so well. Um, I've just started my own business and I think you would be great to join my team because you have such an amazing platform. Now, have you ever wanted really white teeth? And I always stop them before then because I'm like, yes, I have a mouthful of porcelain. Of course I do. (laughs) Your charcoal toothpaste ain't going to do shit, Brenda. (laughs) Crikey. I just feel so sorry for the people that fall into these traps because in life it is so tough to get by. It really is. And I I know I'm speaking from such a place of privilege, but I've been there. Yeah. I've I've done pre drag race, I was doing gigs for twenty, thirty pounds. Yeah. 
and I would lose all my gig money on petrol just getting to and from the gigs. But I was so desperate to make a name for myself that I was doing it. Yeah. And there was one time I broke down at the side of the road because the bar owner said, oh, we don't have the cash to pay you right now. Can I, you get it tomorrow? I was like, oh, but I need petrol. And they were like, yeah, we just don't have anything. So I had to just hope that I made it home oh, and no. I didn't. And yeah, I was stranded at 3.30 in the morning at the side <laughs> of the road. So I, I know the struggles and I know when you were so desperate to do something to keep going and get on by that you would join these things and do these things just to get by. But also, it's so obvious that these things are a scam. Yeah, but you'd be surprised the amount of people that, if they've not encountered them before, and somebody says to you, oh, you can spend 50 quid and then make 500. I can see how somebody would be like, yeah, okay, I'll sign up to that. But I personally wouldn't. But (laughs) I mean, I'm not sure whether it's just me being the... uh, the person that always is like, well, mm, I don't know. Suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. But yeah, maybe my mum sees the good in everybody. Mm. So she she probably would have signed many MLMs. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Um, but yeah, this, this is not a good situation already if these are the things that they're getting up to. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, back to Keith. It was also around this time that he was reported to get a little too interested in Scientology and neurolinguistic programming, which, again, both of those things we don't have time to explain today, but safe to say neither interests bode well. Probably for the best. And so with an arsenal of manipulation techniques, tips and tricks under his belt, it was only a matter of time before Keith decided to go it alone with his very own multi-level marketing company, his first company, Consumers Byline Incorporated, was founded in 1990. The company, like all MLMs, was a recruitment scheme that promoted discounts on things like food, shopping and big appliances. Much to Keith's delight, it was a success off the bat, soon amassing 150 employees and over 200,000 members. So we're not talking small fry here. He's doing all right. Yeah. Remember Gina Hutchinson? Well, she was still with Keith at this point and even worked for him at Consumers Byline. Keith was living the dream. He had hundreds of people working under him and he was reaping the benefits. He even claimed that he was worth $50 million. God, he sounds like Dr. Evil. $50 million. I think he might be telling porcupines there. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go to the government. However, to shareholders and people inside the company, things weren't as rosy as Keith was making them out to be. He would reportedly sleep all day long, rolling into the office at 10pm. What? And even holding meetings at 1am. Which you can get fucked if you think I'm turning up to a meeting at 1am. I'd be out straight away. <laughs> I know some of, some of my gigs start at 1am, but I couldn't imagine sitting down in the boardroom at 1am. Yeah, or sitting around all day waiting for him to roll up at 1am. With an IV of coffee. Yeah. No, thank you. Go away. (laughs) (laughs) You tell him, Nikki. (laughs) He also used Consumers Byline as a hunting ground to find his next girlfriend. He broke up with Gina after meeting Tony Natalie, who just so happened to be the top seller for Consumers Byline. Well done. Tony was married at the time, but she left her husband for Keith, moving with her son to Clifton Park in New York to be with him. 
but the success of Consumers Byline was short-lived. By 1993, the company's operations were restricted after being investigated by 20 states. New York filed a lawsuit against the company, alleging it was actually a pyramid scheme. Surprise, surprise. And by 1996, it was permanently shut down by the Attorney General of New York. So, uh, again, he's getting himself in some hot water here. And this is just the beginning. Keith was ordered to sign a consent form permanently barring him from promoting, offering or granting participation in a chain distribution scheme and was ordered to pay 40k in damages. To this day, he has only paid 9k. Oh, for a man that's got 50 million dollars, you'd think that he would just go, "Oh, 40k, that's like 40 quid." Exactly. Yeah. So it's a, it's a bit suspicious that this 50 million dollars has suddenly evaporated, isn't it? Mm, It's all tied up in the pyramid. It was clear that Keith had literally no respect for the law because he had already set up a new MLM for vitamins called the National Health Network. Oh, here we go. Chapter two, the remix. Now, this one didn't really take off, but Keith wasn't deterred. He knew he was capable of doing more and making something bigger and better, but he just needed an idea. And that light bulb moment arrived when he met Nancy Saltzman, a nurse and trained practitioner of neurolinguistic programming and hypnotism. Oh, here, oh, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> get get your paddle because we're going down the river, crikey! But their first meeting was anything but ordinary. In 1998, Tony, Keith's then girlfriend, met Nancy. Tony had actually approached Nancy to ask for help with her relationship. She explained that Keith had delusions of grandeur and was awake at all hours of the night. Nancy said, no problem. He just sounds like your traditional sociopath. I can... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go on, go on. (laughs) I can definitely help you with that. (laughs) Yeah, he just sounds like a sociopath. Yeah, just standard sociopath. I can sort that out. No bobs, no bobs. It's Tuesday evening, I could do that. Yeah, exactly, no problem at all. Tony thought, great, Nancy's going to make my delusional boyfriend less of an arsehole. <laughs> and so she sets up their first meeting. Sorry, this, this tickled me. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when it amuses you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope you're all enjoying this at home. <laughs> Four days later, Tony says, and I quote, she came out with the glazed eyes and gave me the, you don't know who he is. And I was like, wow, there goes another one. End quote. Keith had turned on the charm and outmanipulated the trained manipulator. Wow. So he, he is turning tricks now. He is now really excelling himself. He's doing his parents proud. <laughs> Either way, Keith was taking this manipulation to the masses with his new MLM, the Executive Success Programme, founded with Keith's new friend, hypnotist, and now eager follower of his, Nancy. It was a personal development company. It didn't sell products, it sold lifestyles, with Keith claiming that its main goal was for people to, and I quote, experience more joy in their lives. Oh no. And the price of that joy? Seminars started in the hundreds per class and went up to the thousands for courses. For what? To hear people say that you could have a better life by finding the joy in listening to me talk. I'd rather go to the cinema. There's a lot of it out there, though. 
this thing is you see it replicated so often and particularly on places like instagram and stuff it's like join my course and i can teach you how to make thousands it's like no you can't because you haven't got thousands so like, i don't understand that and if you have got thousands it's because you're robbing everybody yeah nah next <laughs> Thank you. Next. It grew very quickly in its first couple of years and was soon rebranded as Nexium. Centres were popping up all over America and high-profile figures were flocking to Nexium seminars in their droves. But beneath the surface, things were getting dark. Early on in Nexium's life, Keith made sure to assert his dominance. During early seminars, he would ask his followers to refer to him only as Vanguard. He adopted the title after a character from a video game in which the character's destruction of its enemies increases its own power. He also requested that they refer to Nancy as Prefect. This was because Keith was the leader of this philosophical movement and Nancy was his first and best student. Might as well just call him God and Goddess. By 2003... Thousands of people had taken part in Nexium's classes, and some of them were big names. Surgeon General Antonio Novello, Enron Executive Stephen Cooper, because Enron then went on to go and have a huge accounting scandal that cost them and others billions. <laughs> and a, yeah, alcohol heiresses to Seagram's Liquor, Claire and Sarah Bronfman, and even allegedly Richard Branson were reported to flock to Keith, Vanguard, and his new ways of looking at the world. Except Branson has later denied it, so that could have been a lie from Keith there. Yeah, I think it was a fibbe. This wasn't just a self-discovery and improvement programme. This was becoming a religion. A mission statement from the Nexium website in 2013 reads, and I'm going to do this in my best self-help voice please please you've got a very soothing self-help voice thank you very much (laughs) but i would love to see where you take it nexium embodies a set of consistent and universal principles in which all humans can participate these principles apart from any mystical or religious notions allow for life to persist and uphold a diversity of beliefs by creating a new understanding we can actualize our potential to live and work together and consequently bring human existence to a whole We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y dot com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. New level. Yet this cannot be done without first raising human awareness, fostering an ethical humanitarianism, and celebrating what it truly means to be human. And this is our mission. Now, if you were if you were selling me that, I would have bought every single penny. <laughs> Bravo! Somebody, somebody, give you you could have an egot for that, <laughs> an Emmy, a granny, an Oscar, and a, a granny, Tony. a Grammy. Did I say granny? I think you said granny. Oh, apologies. <laughs> um, yeah, I can see why people get bought in by that. Uh, yeah, so it's it's. I don't even understand really what this statement is saying. Right. I I, I don't. No disrespect to you, Nikki, because I was listening, but it was so much gobbledygook that <laughs> it, I didn't really actually is. take anything in. No, it really is gobbledygook. It doesn't really make much sense at all. It's just all. Bring human existence to a whole new level. That's that's a sentence that means nothing. Yeah. Humanitarianism yeah. and cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think cannibalism was in there, but it, may, it should be. <laughs> I don't know what they care. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll soon find out what goes on in this cult. <laughs> By the late noughties, recruits were paying a starting price of $7,500 for gruelling 12-hour intensives, featuring their patent executive success program, ESP Technology featuring self-help programs, hypnosis techniques, and religious ideologies. They could also take other classes through the smaller companies under the Nexium umbrella. These were The Source, a workshop for actors led by actor Alison Mack, but we'll get into her story in a bit, Delegates, a startup primarily staffed by younger female members, and Jeunesse, a female empowerment group whose Facebook war featured Martin Luther King Jr. quotes out of context on a millennial pink background. Basically a bunch of Karens. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, it's always the Karens and the MLMs, isn't it? Why? What? what? It's... Uh, they scare me. Yeah, it's like a little army of bad haircuts coming towards you, being like, buy our candles. <laughs> Whilst holding a chihuahua. Yeah. Take our courses. <laughs> the only candle I want is a Yankee, thank you. <laughs> and like another religion we've all heard of, Nexium's training is a trade secret, subject to NDA after NDA for those that have been through it. But it reportedly uses a technique called rational inquiry to facilitate personal and professional development. Rational inquiry is kind of a way of asking questions to get to the core of beliefs and habits and can sometimes be used in cults to manipulate people. As talks of the rational inquiry method started to swirl online, cult investigator Rick Allen Ross felt his spidey senses tingling and started looking into Nexium. He got in touch with a former member of the group and convinced her to hand over a training manual. He read through it and with the help of a psychiatrist realised that this manual was extremely bad news. He posted it on his website and called it expensive brainwashing, alongside concerns that Nexium was actually a cult. Finally, somebody's calling a spade a spade. Keith was livid and sued Rick, but it wasn't just the cult investigator that was worried about the community. 
In October 2003, Forbes magazine, the biggest business publication, published an article on Nexium. Now, Keith had actually happily spoken to Forbes and was convinced that the article was going to portray the company in a really good light. But he was absolutely incorrect. Delusion. Convince yourself. Forbes had spoken with the Bronfman sisters' father, Edgar. Edgar was worried that his daughters had been caught up in what looked like a cult slash scam and was incredibly concerned about their emotional and financial investment. Mm. And just a few years later, Edgar was in the press again, having recently found out that his daughters had handed over $2 million to Nexium for personal training sessions and phone consultations with Nancy Saltzman. You were joking. Two million? Yeah. You've got to be impressively rich to not notice two mil just missing from your bank account, haven't you? That is super rich. Claire would later become Nexium's operations director. And with her sister, Sarah would ultimately give the company over $150 million. Right, I'm leaving. You're <laughs> right, doing we're this off. on your own. We're done. All right, bye. Bye. No, we need to finish this. But no, truly, I, that... I was almost ready to jump out that door. Yeah. 150 million. 150 million. Now, even though we've talked about the likes of Keith Raniere, Nancy Saltzman and Claire Bronfman, you more than likely had no idea who they were before today's episode. But you may have heard the name Alison Mack. The face and name of Alison Mack has nowadays become synonymous with the Nexium cult and her involvement with the group would go on to make her one of the biggest and worst perpetrators of its crimes. Actor Alison Mack, who once starred in Smallville, was recruited in 2006 by fellow Smallville star Kristen Crook, who only dabbled in Nexium for a short while. After Alison attended a two-day course, she was hooked. Alison bonded quickly with Nancy Saltzman's daughter, Lauren, and soon she was invited to become part of Keith's inner circle which meant that they were both also his sexual partners. Oh, no. Yeah. Again, this whole thing to deliver them enlightenment. Thinly veiled abuse. Yes, very that. She was in so deep with Nexium that she persuaded her parents to take courses and even relocated to be nearer to the home base in Albany once her contract on Smallville was up. Now, at this point, the cult-like behaviour was not going unnoticed and the rumours began to fly, with many individuals claiming that the organisation is indeed a cult, with many noticing that Keith's workshops and programmes were specifically aimed at breaking his subjects down psychologically. Many ex-members of Nexium explain that Keith gets close to you by identifying your insecurities and offering to help you with them, but all the while, he's using them against you. But besides this shady behaviour... For a lot of people undertaking the very expensive programmes, they find that they work, with clients claiming that they could speak more clearly with people, understand how to communicate better, and one woman even claimed that after she left her initial five-day course, she felt like a veil had been lifted from her mind, allowing her to see and consume the world clearly. But although on the surface this looked like a classic slightly dodgy and very expensive MLM, what was going on behind closed doors was anything short of that. And this is where all the nasty manipulation comes in. So mm. here's the reminder of the trigger warning for earlier. As we're about to start down the path of things turning grim 
and the creation of a secret society within Nexium, which would ultimately lead to a lot of organised misogyny. Inside Nexium was a highly secret women's society. It was called Dominus Obsequious Sororium, Latin for Lord over the Obedient Female Companions. Did they know what it was? Well, I don't know. They referred to it as DOS, so I don't know whether they were just told it was DOS or whether they were actually told the full title of it, but that's Nexium for you. It's a very hazy kind of culture, so mm. they would tell you something was called something, but actually there would be a secret meaning behind it. Yeah, that doesn't sit well with me at all. Like, I, I'm, I'm very much like, I need to know all the details, all the facts, all the figures, all the statements. Yeah. If you're saying, oh, it's DOS, I'd be like, okay, what's DOS? Yeah, what is it? And then I'm sure the minute you start questioning it, you're either broken down or you're out. Yeah. Well, they have a very sneaky way of making you not ask questions. DOS would eventually trigger the downfall of Nexium, but for the years it operated, it was used as Keith's experimental group to see how far he could push the most dedicated members of Nexium. The initiation into the group would start with the sending of naked photos and videos to their assigned master, and she would agree to be their slave. These photos and videos would be used as collateral from which their master would be able to make them do anything, including mutilation. What? The collateral ranged from filming false abuse allegations against family members, videos of members in compromising positions, and even documents signed saying you'd give everything you owned to DOS. If you reneged on your promise to be a thousand percent dedicated to DOS, your collateral would be released to your friends and family. That is next level blackmail. It's awful. It's really, really horrible. And they were sold this by being told that they would, you know, what, why would you be scared of doing something like this? Because obviously you're not going to go back on what you said. Yeah. So it's fine. So just give us the naked photo and it's fine. It's really creepy and scary that... Yeah, because it's, it's the power of having that very delicate information and imagery, but also it's giving them something to use themselves. Yeah. But DOS contained a lot of devotional techniques one of which left them with a permanent physical scar. Women were told at ritual ceremony to take off their clothes and put on blindfolds they had been given. They were then led into another room as a group and were seated in a semicircle on a sheepskin rug. Whilst the women initially thought that they were getting tattoos to affirm their commitment to the movement, they were actually going to be branded. Branded for life with a Latin symbol to represent their commitment to community. These branding sessions had been meticulously planned by Keith and Alison. In recorded conversations between the two, Keith suggested to Alison that during the ceremony, the women would have to be completely naked and held or tied to a table as if before a sacrifice. He even went as far to outline exactly how the women's bodies should be laid out, telling Alison that they should have their, and I quote, legs spread straight like feet being held to the side of the table, hands probably above the head being held almost like tied down. And to make sure they were verbally consenting, Keith also told Alison, the person should ask to be branded. She should say, please brand me. It would be an honour, an honour I want to wear for the rest of my life. Alison took these instructions and ran with them, 
but it was all done without the women supposedly knowing who was doing this to them. And they were taken to a secret location, which just so happened to be Alison Mack's home. After making the women wait on the sheepskin rug, they were taken to the table, all whilst being recorded, and made to say the affirmation before being branded for up to 45 minutes with no anaesthetic. I'm just in, sat here in total shock listening to this. It's the videoing. So they have, again, the manipulation and the evidence of them saying, well, you said this, you can't yeah. do anything on us. I, mm, 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 no, 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 don't like this. This is what I said at the beginning. They are slick. That's the thing. They yeah. have thought all of this through. And yeah, they're gaining consent from people so they can get away with this. Yeah, and it's like, even in a court, it's so hard to hold up. These people have been manipulated to the point that they are not even people. They are just puppets being told what to say and do. Yep. One woman, Sarah Edmondson, said the pain was worse than childbirth. And in an even more sickening twist, that hallowed symbol, it wasn't Latin. It was a disguised combination of the two people responsible for the branding. The initials K-R and A-M. Keith Ranieri and Alison Mack. The now-branded women would meet three times a week as DOS. The members would be required to pose for a naked group photo at the start of the meeting and send it to Keith. It's disgusting. I know, it's vile. It's really, really horrible. Keith required the branding to be on full display and for all the women to appear happy. If you have to tell people to be happy, they're not happy. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. It's just awful, all of this. I mean, sometimes I get told to look happy. Yeah. But I'm, sometimes I don't look happy because I'm tired. Yeah. So I am happy and I'm present. It's just I think it's a first smile on my face. <laughs> but I am happy, but these women are genuinely not happy. Yeah. And there are also other reasons why they might be, might be unhappy. Okay. Which you're going to go into. Okay. And if he didn't like the photos, he would message back and ask for better ones. And this is where it gets grim again. Sometimes he would ask for the women's legs to be spread further apart. He would also ask the women for up-close vaginal pictures, which sounds very sexy, doesn't it? Oh, it does not in the slightest. <laughs> yeah, please send me a close-up vaginal picture. It's very technical. I just feel a bit sick that this man yeah. is just going, I need to see number 431's vagina. Yeah, it's awful. And yeah, I, d I don't want people to misconstrue the fact that if I laugh at anything like this, it's not because I find it funny. It's because I find it very uncomfortable. Very that. And it's sometimes laughing is a nice release from that. Yeah. And of course, they couldn't refuse any of this because if they did, they would be blackmailed. Many women of DOS were assigned to have sex with Keith and were at his beck and call. However, some women in the group had no idea about the sexual abuse side of things as Keith was very good at keeping this under wraps as he knew it would be the downfall of the group if it was found out. Mm -hmm. The women were put on diets of just 500 calories a day for over a year at a time, forced to starve themselves down to just 107 pounds, which Keith thought was the ideal weight for a woman. What is that in stone? Uh, so 14 pounds to a stone, seven and a half. Seven and a half stone. That is, look, everybody 
And I'm saying every space body yeah. is different. Yeah. Some people, that is just the way their genetics work and that is their BMI and that is their body weight. But you can't dictate that for a group of people. No, not every single person in that group could get to 107 pounds. Yeah, I've struggled. I've struggled a lot with my weight. I've gone up and I've gone down. So I've I've done everything. I do, I'm not saying I condone it, but I've done anything and everything, especially in my younger days, because I didn't have the tools or the yeah. support or anything. But to have somebody actually dictate the fact that you have to be on this strict diet is very very concerning. I know everything that we spoke about is top tier concerning, but this level of manipulation, especially when it comes to food and body, is something else. Yeah, it's just not very nice. And it just, I don't know, it panics me to think about people going through this. Yeah. Yeah. The women were so dangerously thin, their hair started falling out and they stopped menstruating. But Keith insisted the women remain excruciatingly thin stating that any extra weight on a woman disrupted his sexual energy. Selfish! Just awful. It's not about you, Keith. Go away. But many assume, and this is horrible, this was because he preferred more childlike bodies. Well, famously, he was preying on 15-year-olds. Exactly. So I think we can probably safely say that was the case. Yeah. Not only was the diet a cruel punishment, it also served to keep the women subservient and foggy. Eating that little food for a long period of time damages the brain and cognitive function, so essentially it was making his slaves zombies for him. Yeah. As well as meeting three times a week, the women of DOS were required to be on call 24 hours a day. They would be punished with starvation, as if they weren't already hungry enough. If they did not respond to texts from their master within 60 seconds. 60 seconds? 60 seconds. I'm sorry, is this countdown? 60 seconds. I have never responded to a text in 60 seconds. Uh, imagine you're trying to sleep. Yeah, it's at this point, this is so like by the book cult manipulation that it's yeah. just, you know. Strip and, you of everything and all your identity. Yeah. If the women didn't do as he asked, he would punish them by putting them in cages or making the women hit each other with leather straps whilst he watched via video call. Horrifically, Nancy's daughter Lauren Saltzman, who was also a member of DOS, punished one woman by locking her in a room in the house she shared with her parents for two years. Sorry? She locked her in a room in her house for two years. I'm sorry, this is getting me so angry, this episode. The woman was a Mexican national named only as Danny, who was a member of DOS and was Lauren's slave. Now, this is a very sad story that starts in the early noughties. In 2002, Keith started controlling a young Nexium family that lived in Monterey, Mexico. He convinced them to move nearer to the Nexium base in Albany, New York. There, Keith groomed the three daughters of the family, eventually abusing all the three girls. The eldest daughter, known as Mariana, ended up as the mother of Keith's second biological child, whose Nexium loyalists still support via a trust fund. 
Danny was sadly groomed as a minor by Keith and he coerced her into sleeping with him a few days after her 18th birthday. And the youngest daughter, known as Camille, was also sexually abused by Keith when she was just 15 years old. All with the premise he was delivering enlightenment. Bullshit. Yep. Bullshit. Keith had convinced the girls that he had mystical powers that included the ability to heal through sex and that he was so mystical the girls could not be unfaithful to him as it would physically cause them harm. As they got older, Danny had fallen in love with another man who was not Keith. And as punishment, Keith ordered Lauren to lock her in a room in her parents' house for a few days. The room was bare and had little more than a mattress on the floor. She was to have no communication with the outside world, and if she agreed to those terms, she would get her papers to go back to Mexico. Even though she was in the same house as her family, she was not allowed to leave the room or communicate with her family, and her family complied. Lauren stated that at first, Keith convinced her that the imprisonment would help Danny have a breakthrough and be able to join the group again. But Lauren ended up keeping Danny in that room from March 2010 to April 2012. Absolutely horrific. Yeah, that is not right at all in the slightest. Now, towards the end of the 2010s, high-ranking members of Nexium, Daniela Padilla and Nikki Klein, bought a sorority house for the women of DOS, where they were all expected to live. The house was to have a dungeon in the basement, and it was reported that Daniela had purchased a large amount of BDSM sex toys to use as punishment against the women. What? So we thought it was bad. It's now they're getting getting to the point where they're really wanting to amp things up. Well, yeah, because these cults, it's like a checkpoint. Yeah. Once you've completed that, they're like, okay, well, what else can we do? Yeah. And it's just, it's like an MLM. Yep. Within an MLM. Yep. Like, you're like, okay, well, we're on to the next tier of the pyramid. Yeah, and you've got to comply because you need to get further up the ladder. Yeah. Because so, otherwise things are going to remain pretty crappy for you, so you've got to be good. Otherwise you're just going to fall further and further back down the pyramid. Oh, my God. Daniela had also planned to purchase a large cage that would stay in the dungeon, but she cancelled the order after a whistleblower started the chain of events that would destroy Nexium and everything it stood for. Okay, right, there's light at the end of the tunnel now. In June 2017, Frank Parlato, a journalist that had previously worked for Nexium as a publicist, started posting exposés online. There were detailed accounts of DOS, the secret society within Nexium, including details about the sex slaves and branding. This caught the attention of New York Times journalist Barry Meyer, but he couldn't go through with the story with just one source. Even though Frank had inner dealings with Nexium, he was also damaged goods. Frank had been taken to court years before by the Bronfman sisters for trying to expose the cult in 2008. That's when a very, very brave Sarah Edmondson spoke up. Sarah was the woman who said that branding was worse than childbirth. And it was after she and her husband Nippy realised the mark left on her hip was Keith's initials and not a Latin symbol. She confronted and then left the group. Good for her. She didn't know whether to come out with her story as she was so deep in Nexium that she'd even set up her own chapter in Canada and was recruiting for the group on a salary of almost 15k a month. So she's willing now 
to get rid of her. She's like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm done. And I'm going to cut off my income for this. Well, when you see the light and you know that you are being manipulated like this, any chance of freedom, you will take it. But after leaving and coming to terms with how badly she was manipulated, she was ready to speak out. The New York Times went public with their story in October 2017, and the police started to investigate. The walls were starting to close in on Keith. Here we go. But in true asshole form, Keith had already fled to Mexico, accompanied by members of his inner circle. Of course he has. Where can I go? Oh, just straight over to the next country. The police had found him by March 2018 and were on their way to arrest Keith. But they had no idea what weird shit Keith and his followers were up to when they stormed the house. <sighs> right, let me buckle myself in. Let's do it. Keith and his inner circle were actually preparing for a recommitment ceremony when the police arrived to arrest him. The ceremony was to include a group oral sex session as a way to do something special for Keith and to let him know they would stay committed to him and Nexium. Gross. So they just had to sit there with their mouths open and he just dipped it in? I think so, yeah. Oh, vile human being. Anyway, come on, police. Save the girls. When police stormed the luxury villa, Lauren and Keith had barricaded themselves into the master suite and Keith had tried to hide the walk-in wardrobe. <laughs> you can't hide that easily. No. <laughs> Keith was arrested and taken back to the USA where he was charged with so much stuff, including, you ready? Sex trafficking, conspiracy for sex trafficking, mm -hmm. and conspiracy to commit forced labor. Alison Mack was next on the warrant list. She was arrested on April the 20th, 2018 by the FBI in Brooklyn on charges of sex trafficking and forced labor. Co-founder Nancy Saltzman was arrested on the 24th of July 2018 alongside her daughter Lauren Saltzman, bookkeeper Kathy Russell and Claire Bronfman on conspiracy racketeering, basically to do with the MLM side of things. Karma comes back around. You're all going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> the court case was lengthy, with Keith's lawyers arguing that all of his 50 sex slaves were okay with being in DOS and they consented to everything exactly the evidence getting all that evidence beforehand but the jury weren't having any of it after just five hours of deliberation they found keith guilty of okay you ready you ready oh this is gonna fill me with so much joy <laughs> he was guilty of sexual exploitation of a child and possession of child pornography Sex trafficking, attempted sex trafficking, identity theft, trafficking for labour and services, forced labour, conspiracy to alter records for use in an official proceeding, sex trafficking, conspiracy, forced labour, conspiracy, racketeering, conspiracy and wire fraud conspiracy. Well, the man has been busy for a good couple of years. <laughs> and do you know what? Thank you to the American police system for finally getting somebody and them getting the karma they deserve. What a arsehole. So all in all, he was sentenced to a whopping and very much deserved 120 years in jail. Woo! Look, when we talk about cases where it's like life plus 30, I'm like, cool, that's great. But I love it when it's like, 
120 years because that is all the crimes you committed and that is it all laid out for you. And he was how old at this point? So 60 years old, so there's no way that he's getting out. Yeah, 60, he's only going to serve half of his sentence. Well, you're not You're not going to live 120 years anyway. Oh, crikey. <laughs> Normally I'm good with the maths. You are. Let's just put it this way. Even when he's committed to a grave, he's still going to be serving that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry for the levels on that. Alison Mack was found guilty and sentenced to just three years in jail with a thousand hours of community service. And Not was good ord- enough. And was ordered to pay a $20,000 fine. Not good enough. Claire Bronfman was sentenced to six years, nine months in prison for harbouring an illegal migrant and also fraud. Not good enough. Nancy was sentenced to 42 months in prison and was ordered to pay a $150,000 fine. Not good enough. And her daughter Lauren incredibly avoided jail time despite literally keeping Danny hostage for two years. Not good enough. This is mind-blowing. Keith Raniere is still leading Nexium from behind bars. How? How? How, how, how? In the first summer of the pandemic, so in 2020, due to visitation restrictions, a number of his devotees started to congregate outside the Metropolitan Detention Centre, where he's serving his time. The group first started dancing outside the prison, claiming to be entertaining the detainees whilst they weren't allowed visitors but they started bringing signs with the name K. Rose on it, a cover for Keith Raniere. The group called themselves the Forgotten Ones and We Are As You. He regularly communicates with his followers via phone and email and even asked one of his followers, Sunil Chakravorty, to dance erotically outside the prison where he could see. (sighs) It's the control still from behind bars serving 120 years. Yeah. Still controlling and manipulating people. Bastard. The guards found out about this and moved Keith to another unit so he couldn't see anyone from the outside anymore. I mean, I don't know why they didn't do this to start with, but it just... Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised somebody that's serving 120 years... Is allowed to see outside. It's allowed a window. Yeah. (laughs) And in response to this, he started asking his groupies to ply prison officers with donuts and coffee any time they left the detention centre to try and get them on side and move him back. As far as we know, Keith is still trying to manipulate himself out of every situation, using women as his pawns and never taking accountability for his actions. Disappointingly, I don't think he's learned one single lesson from any of this. And if he has, you know he's only turning it to his advantage to continue manipulating people even now he's in prison forever. And that was Nexium. And if anybody's thinking of joining Nexium. Don't. (laughs) That's another one to tick off the cult list. (laughs) I'm sure there's plenty more to come. So we just have to say the knowledge out there on this topic is vast, much more than we can fit in one episode. So please check our sources if you want to find out more. Truly. And if anybody has been affected by any of the topics that we have discussed in this episode, then please check the description below. We have lots of helpful resources and we're here no matter what. Next time on Killers, Cults and Queens. Get your life jacket. We're off to sea. 
we're looking into the mysterious and dangerous Bermuda Triangle. <gasps> oh my Christ, I've been waiting for this one. I'm so, I'm so excited about this one. I think it's going to be loads of fun. I'm not going to lie. I don't know much, so I'm very excited. Yay. Subscribe or follow to make sure that you don't miss an episode of Killers, Cults and Queens. And if you have a case or a story or anything you want us to cover, let us know at Killers, Cults, Queens. See you next time. And don't be a killer or join Nexium. <laughs> Just run for your life, Babylon. Be a queen. Goodbye. We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.